Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm uh, Kermit the Frog's uh, <laughs> uh, dad. Yeah, that's yeah. what I am. I still I sound like a bullfrog today. You sound fine, really. Well, I, I sound better than you. I sound did great. You sound great, Kermit. Uh, <laughs> ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Uh, that's Bill Knight, by the way. In case you didn't know who that was, and I think I just lost you. Are you, no, you well, what happened? well, yeah. It's really interesting. I hear your voice, but I don't. See, and now I see your face. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do anything. I mean, maybe, maybe they decided on the internet that I was just too ugly for the uh, for the podcast. Now, what happened, folks? For the listeners in the uh, out there wondering what we're talking about, uh, we see each other on our monitors, and for some reason, someone pulled the plug in his camera for a second, and I couldn't see him. And I thought, well, there goes that show. But, no, 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 no. You're no, back. We're, we're, we're here. We're rock and roll today. So there's a lot of things going on. You heard about the January 6th committee yesterday. If you didn't, oh, uh, you were sleeping. I have some audio. We are obligated to seek answers directly from the man who set this all in motion. And every American is entitled to those answers so we can act now to protect our republic. So this afternoon, I am offering this resolution that the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump in connection with the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. General Lady yields back. If there's no further debate, the question is on agreeing to the resolution. Those in favor will say aye. 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 Those opposed is no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. Mr. Chairman, I request a recorded vote. A recorded vote is requested. The clerk will call the roll. Ms. Cheney? Aye. Ms. Cheney? Aye. Ms. Lofgren? Aye. Ms. Lofgren? Aye. Mr. Schiff? Aye. Mr. Schiff? Aye. Mr. Aguilar? Aye. Mr. Aguilar? Aye. Mrs. Murphy? Aye. Mrs. Murphy? Aye. Mr. Raskin? Aye. Mr. Raskin? Aye. Mrs. Luria? Aye. Mrs. Luria? Aye. Mr. Kinzinger? Kinzinger? Aye. Mr. Kinzinger? Aye. Mr. Chairman? Aye. Mr. Chairman? Aye. The clerk will report the vote. Mr. Chairman, on this vote, there are nine ayes and zero noes. The resolution is agreed to. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The chair requests that those in the hearing room remain seated until the Capitol Police have escorted members from the room. Without objection, the committee stands adjourned. Okay, so uh, that's, the, uh, that's the gist of what happened yesterday. They voted to subpoena President Trump. And... I was talking to you about this earlier, Bill. Former President right. Trump loves the idea of testifying before the House. This is a, according to a source close to the president. Uh, somebody's got to sit him down and say, Mr. President. Shut up. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Go sit in the corner. Uh, maybe go out and play a little bit of golf at Mar-a-Lago. But, uh, but then again, there's a part of me that also understands why he said that. He's always been up for a fight. Always. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he wants to back down from this one. Well, he's saying that he's not afraid of anything they got. This is eight people that are 
Democrats at heart yeah. that hate him. Liz Cheney, has, uh, she is going to end up in Wikipedia and in the Webster, Webster uh, Dictionary with her picture uh, right next to the word bitch, because <laughs> that's what she is. I was thinking, if you look for the definition of the word weasel, well, you know, she would be you'll see too. her picture, actually. Um, well, that, that, that could be Adam Schiff, too, you know. Yep, that's true. So they have a uh, an offer out there. I guess it's not an offer. It's a command. A subpoena is a command. But but I was listening to Andrew McCarthy, who is a former prosecutor, federal prosecutor. Right. He's a uh, he's a contributor to Fox, and he said it probably isn't going to go anywhere. This subpoena, because there's a lot of questions as to uh, stepping on stepping over boundaries. Do they have the power to subpoena a former chief executive, a former ex- executive branch head? And right. a lot of people think they don't. There's a separation of powers, and this could go on and drag out into court for months. Well, I don't think the American public gives to you know to flying whatevers uh, about this and what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's all you know. This is a last minute desperation move by the committee. Yeah, and that's all there is to it. And you know, it's political. It's politically motivated. It's very obvious right before the midterms. Well, oh, uh, it's about like you said, if the midterms go in our favor, meaning the go to the right and the Republicans win, then this will just die. It'll fade away. Mm-hmm. It'll be thrown out and that'll be it. Although someone made a good suggestion this morning. Someone said, look, instead of starting a new committee in January, uh, just re-staff re- uh, it, you know, replace the people who are on it now with uh, people who will actually do a serious job and investigate what really went on on January 6th. Like, why did the Capitol Police take the barriers down and open the doors and wave people into the building? You know, what was that all about? Well, wouldn't uh, some of the people that are on the committee uh, be subject to being uh, subpoenaed and uh, having to testify? I would think that that would be uh, a part of the uh, investigation. What What their real motives were. And Nancy Pelosi, uh, what she did before January 6th. Maybe now you know why Nancy Pelosi wants to be the ambassador to Italy. <laughs> she, she can't get far far enough away. you know. I mean, if she could, she'd be the ambassador to the moon. They, they said this morning that her daughter, who is a documentary filmmaker, who did a documentary about January 6th, you know, of course right. it was impartial. They've Absolutely. Been, they've been using segments of that documentary as evidence in the January 6th committee uh, hearing. I would submit that if this were a court case, a lot of it would have been thrown out already because it's either hearsay or uh, it's coming from people who can't be relied upon. You know, there are more stringent standards in the courtroom, I yeah. think, than in a committee meet, committee hearing. But, you know, here we go with it. But, you know, it, look, three weeks. And this could be a whole different ball game. Well, you know, so the other thing I was thinking was, if the committee changes in January, Bill, mm-hmm. um, are we going to rely on the FBI to do the investigations? No, because they need to be investigated too. But I mean, technically, I would imagine if there's a committee hearing and you want certain things investigated for your committee you would be relying on the Federal Bureau of Investigation to do that investigation, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, you would, but yeah. can you rely on them? No, you can't rely on I'll them. I'll tell you why I ask. Uh, yesterday, the government asked for more time to respond to U.S. District Judge Amos Manzant's September 29th, 2022 order directing the FBI to produce all records related to Seth Rich's laptop. Now, Seth Rich was the Democrat who was shot in the back and murdered in Washington, D.C., what, right. what, back in, uh, uh, must have been like 2015 or something like that. It was quite a while ago. I haven't got the exact date. But uh, the FBI, you would think, could just reach into a, a bin somewhere, take that information, and send it over to the judge. But they're asking for more time. They're stalling. Why? Well, because I think they have, uh, I think they aren't being completely honest. They've so been, they want- They've been playing so many games over at the FBI, Bill. They've been playing so many games that I think now they're going to get caught in some of their uh, some of their lies. Yeah, well, they cook up a lot of information, evidence. You know, they they they, they change it to suit the story that they want to sell. And you know, you hear about uh, people who will will demonstrate in front of an abortion clinic, right? You hear about them being arrested. You know, these are parents of 11 kids or seven kids, and uh, they're being taken out in handcuffs and right. thrown, thrown in the back of an SUV, and off they go to uh, as their kids are crying in the, back, in the background. And then you hear about people who are burning buildings down and doing the darndest things, and nothing happens to them. They're assaulting people. They're doing all these things that uh, normally you would expect them to be arrested for, not a problem in uh, for the FBI right now. But abortion clinic uh, demonstrators who are peacefully uh, sitting around uh, singing We Shall Overcome or some Bible hymn or something, and they, they got to bring him in his shackles. Yeah, the world is upside down as we know it. Well, and- they have a, uh, a lot to answer for down the road, I think. I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, some people have suggested that the entire department needs a complete overhaul. I mean, etch a sketch the whole thing. What I was going to mention a few minutes ago, you know, a lot of these ideas come when you're my age, they come in one ear and go out the other like as fast. But I get it. So many people, Bill, will say uh, it's the people, the hierarchy of the FBI, who are the real problem. The guys who are running the FBI, it's not the rank and file. But then I heard someone say the other day, and somebody who said this said had an experience with the FBI. He was like in the FBI or had been in the FBI. Right. He said, no, no, no. It's everybody. Yeah. He said, to be honest with you, you, you cannot. It's like saying in World War II, you can't blame the guy who was pulling the trigger on the machine gun in the firing squad, you know. Well, maybe he should have. Maybe, maybe some of these people should have stood up and said, hey, knock it off. This isn't what I joined the, the FBI for. And so, by the way, some have left the FBI. You don't hear about this. But there have been some people who have said, no, no, I'm out of here. I, I joined the FBI to do X, Y, and Z, not what you're doing. So they're like conscientious uh, objectors. They're, I guess so. Yeah they're, they're, yeah, they're they're going with their heart and their soul. Getting the hell out. But yep. then they, they probably give up their benefits and everything else. Oh, they that's do. How the, they do. And that, and that shouldn't be. Some of these whistleblowers, Bill, you've heard about the whistleblowers that have gone, they're risking everything. 
they're, they're risking their pensions, their jobs. Some of these guys have been on the, on the uh, job for quite some time. And like you said, they're going to lose it all if they get caught. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you got to stand up for what's right yeah. and be willing to put things online. And then you look at, by, by the way, you look at the video of the guys who arrested that, uh, that reverend who is the father of 11 the right. last weekend and yeah. took him away yeah. in shackles. And mm-hmm. those FBI agents were despicable. They were wise guys. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't honorable guys. They went out there with their vests on. They intimidated the people. They upset the, the wife. And off they went. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think they're going to have to uh, justify how they've acted at some point. Yeah, I do. So I understand Pence is now trying to embrace the uh, the uh, election deniers. Oh, really? Apparently he thinks because he wants to uh, make a bid in 2024. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking he's going to embrace him. And he was questioned about that. And he goes, well, it, it really gets down to the, your definition of denying. I think the, the uh, his odds of winning in 2024 are as good as mine. You know, well, you might have a better chance than he does. I'm just, I, I thought it was interesting. I saw that in the news. You know, I said, That's... He, he's the definition of turncoat. He's mm-hmm. the definition of turncoat. And I also think he's part of the big problem in the Trump administration, at least early on. Yeah. They depended upon his Washington expertise to staff the, uh, the White House. And I think. A lot of the, you remember how Trump had a lot of guys come in and then he had to let them go within like a year. They were, they, they weren't working out. They, yeah. They were recommendations, I think, from Pence. They, well, that could be. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I do know this is that, uh, you know, what he's thinking he's going to do is, is kind of crazy. Markets crash after inflation rate comes in hot. The markets crash. Uh, it says the, the consumer price index surges to 6.6%, the highest rate since 1982. Way you go, Joe. Yeah, way to go, Joe. And you know what? <laughs> Everyone's talking about the uh, that rate, the uh, the 8.2 and, and everything that's going on. And, and he's touting, well, it's not that big of a number. Well, keep in mind, too, they, they redid how they yes. do the math. We talked about this before. Yep. It's really double that. It's it's the same as yeah. it was when we were at twelve and sixteen percent. Listen to this. I have a breakdown. This is this makes it even more interesting. All right. All right. The uh, consumer price index was eight point two percent. Okay. That's up year to year. So it's it's a big jump. But gas is up eighteen point two percent. Fuel oil, listen to this. Fuel oil is up 58.1%. 58.1%. Electricity up 15.5%. Groceries up 13%. Meat, poultry, and fish up 7.7%. Milk is up 15.2%. Eggs up 30.5%. And baby food up 11.8%. Of course, that's if you can find it. It's only going to get worse. Wow. 
Um, but the thing that got me is the uh, fuel oil, 58.1%. We're approaching the wintertime. What's that going to do for a lot of people? Wow. Well, they're going to be cold as hell. Is what they're going to. We're going to have a lot of people dying in their homes because they can't, they can't heat it. And yeah. you know, I think we're in for a tough winter too. Me too. I agree a hundred percent. I think there are going to be a lot of people who are going to have to make a choice between food or fuel. Food or fuel. They're either going to have dinner or they can have the uh, heat on. Yeah. And that's going to. Uh, and by the way, in in Germany, Bill, they're already talking about. They're already expecting a percentage of their population to uh, to freeze to death because of the uh, oil being cut off from, by Russia, not getting the oil from the uh, the pipeline, which, of course, we've forgotten already. You remember that pipeline? That, uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, the Nordic Stream. Nordic, yeah, the Nordstrom uh, uh, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's We've already forgotten about that. It's like, oh, pipeline explosion where? Um. You know, Joe is uh, talking about next week. He's going to come up with a plan and announce it to keep our gas prices down. What the hell kind of plan is Joe going to come up with? Don't drive as much. If you don't drive, then you won't spend as much for gas and your prices will come down. Then he'll go over in the corner and take a nap. I mean, this guy has caused the problem. You you know what's happening in the border right now. You heard about, we talked about this yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, he's going to uh, start enforcing some of the the laws that were put in place by Trump, and then he removed. But now everything, see, we talked about the consumer price index being up. Right. 8.2%. It came out yesterday. So what, what was... Uh, the smoke that uh, blurred that uh, whole story, it was the January 6th committee. Well, of course. And the subpoena. So if you talk about Trump, you don't talk about how terrible our economy is and how things are, ca- are uh, cratering. Well, yeah, they, they use Trump as the excuse. But I think what's happening is is they're not making Trump a bad guy. They're showing that they're using him as an excuse. And they're building... Uh, Trumpism, again, bigger than what it's been. Yeah. Um, uh, I I don't know whether uh, we're going to see any, I don't know whether we're going to see any solid results with anything until we have the 2024 election. And, and that won't even, nothing will change if we don't have a Republican get into office, whether it be right. Trump or DeSantis. If we have another, I can't imagine another Democrat uh, being elected in 2024, especially after the damage that will have been done by Biden. That's assuming, by the way, that we all haven't been blown off the face of the earth. You know. Well, that could happen because of uh, what's going on in Russia, the Ukraine, and yeah, you know, how Biden's trying to handle everything. Speaking of that, yesterday, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Okay, oh, you gotta love her. Ah, uh, yes, she was. She was speaking at a town hall in her district, and, you know, normally she's met with enthusiastic applause and and adulation from her sycophants out there, but not so much this time around. Listen to what happened as she was speaking at, it looked like a high school auditorium. Congress. 
first woman. None of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi Gabbard, she's left the Democratic Party because there are funding war hawks. Okay? You originally voted, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. Ukrainian Nazis. You're a coward. You're a progressive socialist. Where are you against the war mobilization? He's telling the right truth. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gabbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. I believed in you and you became the very thing you sought to fight against. That's what you've become. You are the establishment and you are the reason why everybody will end up in a nuclear war unless you choose to stand up right now and denounce the Democratic Party. Will you do that? Yes or no? Okay, simple. Are you going to stop nuclear war? Yes or no? There is no line because this is bullshit. None of this matters if we're all dead. None of it. You know that. Then let's take it up right now because this is the only thing that matters. This is the only thing that matters right now. We can be in a nuclear war at any minute and you continue to fund it. That's what's going on. Why not right now? The liar here. Nobody has hold you accountable. That's what's happening. And it is time for you to stand up and realize that what you've been saying has been lies. Let your conscience come through for once. Wow. That was pretty yeah. that was pretty heavy stuff. And she she answered by saying, I'm not gonna talk about it now because you're being rude. Rude. Yeah, now, that, mind that's you, a good answer. I mean, look, the lady is right. But uh, but actually, mind you, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said that you have to get in the face of people and make them uncomfortable. She says, has told her constituents, it's good to get out there and be in their face. So in this situation, her constituents are in her face, and she calls them rude. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? She got a taste of her own medicine, and she's not doing her job. And Tulsi has, uh, she made a stand. Yeah. And you know what? She's not alone. There are other Democrats now. They're going, wait a minute. You know, maybe we're on the wrong side. What's interesting is Tulsi, who didn't come out and say she's a Republican. No. She came out, she just left the Democratic Party. That being said, uh, she'll campaign for Republican Senate candidate Don Bolduc in New Hampshire. Mm. Yeah. So she's not coming out as a Republican, but she's supporting some Republican candidates. Well, I, I, I think she's got a ways to go to figure out where she wants to fall. But she is a patriot, and she's a good person. If you see her on uh, television, boy, it looks like she's going to end up being like a Fox News contributor or something because they love her on television. The camera really likes looking at her. She's, yeah. a, she's an attractive young woman. Very articulate, very smart. I mean, I don't believe everything she has has uh, talked about and, and preached. 
Uh, she and I are, I think she's probably had a different view on abortion than I have in the, in the past. Although I think even that's changed. Yeah, she is. She is. She's come closer to the center. Not that she was that far, but I think that she's seen what's going on. Yeah. And going, wait a minute. Yeah. And so she's, she's, but, but that's, what's good about her is that she can adapt and, and, She's willing to listen to uh, the other side. Okay, got a question. Do you think that uh, we're going to have a fair election in 2022? No, never have. You think they're going to try to steal it again in 2022? Absolutely, I think they will, because they know if they don't, they're in trouble. They know they're in trouble either way. Uh, It's just a matter of what we're going to do about it Yeah. if we see they steal it. Okay, so... Do you think that we can overwhelm the system with our votes? Or do you think that no matter what we do, they're still going to be able to cheat and, and steal it? Well, I think we can overwhelm it, but I don't think that we can uh, stop them from cheating and stealing it. They're going to sit there and slip in their votes any way they can. So you think guys like uh, Fetterman in Pennsylvania, no matter what Oz does, no matter how strong he is, they're still going to steal it? Yeah, I think there's a damn good chance he'll steal it because, look, I Do you know I how pessimistic that. that sounds? But, I mean, I, I happen to understand what where you're coming from because I believe, like you, that in 2020 it, it was stolen. And look, was, I, I know by going by the uh, the, the yards in, in Philadelphia. Right. Where the big trucks, the 55-foot uh, trailer trucks come in with all the mail. They sat there from October through January and February. Mm-hmm. Never touched. Never. And there were ballots in there, and you know that. Okay, so you're saying that they knew that there was uh, enough, probably enough ballots in a few trucks to sway the entire election, and they decided not to unpack those uh, trucks until after the election. Anybody in Pennsylvania, and probably Jersey, where that hub serves, probably had mail that they didn't get, mm-hmm. checks, things like that. Then we're in those trucks. Yeah. But then they, they came in February. You know, it's interesting. There, there's a difference, I think, between mail-in ballots and absentee ballots. Uh, I have, I, I, I'll be honest with you, very upfront, uh, I've already voted because I have some health issues that limit me from making, you know, the, the trip to the, the right. voting booth. I would rather be there in person, but uh, I also know that I can't do it right now. So um, that being said, when I voted, my ballot went into the the county clerk's office, the election uh, office, and I got a notification via email that they had received it, it had been secured, and it had, it had been filed. Re- recorded was the term. So um, I felt good about that. I, there, was a, there was a checks and balance system in place. But that being said, I don't think the same system works for mail-in ballots. I could be wrong. I think mail-in ballots are much more loosey-goosey, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think you can uh, stuff a lot of things in those mail-in ballots and lose a few ballots, too. The reason why I think there's a difference between mail-in ballots and absentee ballots is because when I applied to do an absentee ballot, they, they asked me whether I wanted an absentee ballot or a mail-in ballot. Right. You know, and I thought, well, there's, there's a difference. Hmm. 
So, uh, but if you I did the absentee, if yeah, I did the absentee, if I uh, could have, and if I were you and you're in good health, I would go there in person and make sure that it's done the right way. Uh, which oh, is the, yeah, I'll be there in person. I mean, yeah, and and I'll be over this stupid uh, bullfrog uh, thing I got going on. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have asked me who listen to our show say, I think Bill's got COVID. He just doesn't know it. Um, but no, no, I know what COVID is, and uh, I've had this. Well, you, before. you didn't you tell me you thought at one time you had COVID? Long time ago. Yeah. As a matter of fact, back when it first came out, because. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, 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 the lack of taste uh, yeah. and everything. And uh, it's a God awful feeling. Yeah. It took it, took two days and I was over it. You're a tough you know? guy. You're a tough guy, man. You're a tough guy. You're well, a not be- now. You're a better man than I am. Gunga Din, you know, um, another story that was in the news. We talked about this a bit yesterday was the Alex Jones jury. Of, oh, that was of, terrible. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. They, he, Jones was ordered to pay nine hundred and sixty-five million dollars to the families of the uh, Sandy Sandy Hook uh, massacre victims, right. and uh, he hasn't got nine hundred and sixty-five million dollars. He was on. You have something I didn't want to. No, 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 no. I'm just. Yeah, he was on with uh, Steve Bannon yesterday, I believe, and he made some interesting points. Listen. For those that don't know the details and just know, hey, this was about, I don't know, insulting or, or going after the, ch- the dead children of, uh, of Sandy Hook. When you say you're going after the, the Goliaths coming after you, and, and now they've issued, a, a, I guess a jury granted a billion dollars, or close to a billion dollars. So just tell our audience, wh- what is actually going on here, and how could the settlement be that big? I barely ever even talked about Sandy Hook. Once Trump won, they made it a huge issue that I'd covered and questioned Sandy Hook. The judge found me guilty. She had a show trial for five weeks. And I predicted a billion-dollar verdict. The plaintiff's lawyers asked for $8.25 billion, $8 billion, $250 million, and it's ridiculous. I personally, in my bank account, have a million and a half dollars. My company has less than a million dollars in it, barely enough to pay payroll. I've never claimed I've got all this money. They literally got up there and lied and told them I have hundreds of millions of dollars. And so it took them 20 minutes to read out the four different charges of over a billion dollars. The attorney's fees are 400 million they're claiming. And so this is a joke. If I have three gallons of blood in my body or two gallons, they want 500 gallons. So it, it is a joke. So when I laughed about it during the live verdict, I wasn't laughing at the travesty of justice. I wasn't laughing at the tyranny. I was laughing at how ridiculous it is, is if I've got $1,000 in the bank and the court gives me a fine for a million dollars, I'm laughing because I don't have it. It's the same thing here. If I've got a million, $300,000 in my personal bank account, I've got a lake house, I've got my regular house, i got a couple of nice cars, you know, drive a Ford truck, got a Hellcat charger, uh, you know, i got like a Rolex my dad gave me, uh, I'm not into money, I'm not into stuff, nothing against money, money's great, it makes you free. But I'm literally total assets, so I'm in bankruptcy right now, and I'm also you know, having to post bond for the t- first Texas court case. What about the following next week that I'm worth less than about $5 million total? So I'm saying when I'm worth less than $5 million, trying to claim I'm worth billions of dollars, the jury believes it, and they sit there for over 20 minutes, took actually about 30, to read out 15 plaintiffs, including an FBI agent who I never said his name, never showed a photo of him, didn't know who he was, so he sued me. 
And now the Texas Secretary of State, who's a Republican, is talking about suing me for questioning election fraud. I didn't even focus on Texas. I focused on the national deal. But they said Jones released hell on us. And so now there's any government bureaucrat is saying they're going to sue anybody. If they ever get a threatening phone call or ever get a bad email, it's Steve Bannon's fault. It's Donald Trump's fault. It's Alex Jones' fault. So this is a new legal strategy the analyst chasers are creating. And just like I told people four years ago when I got deplatformed, I said, you'll be next, America. And we saw the president deplatform you know, three years later. So, so people say, how do you take this so well? well? I mean, I'm just the first domino to fall. I'm worried about everybody else right now. Uh, so this is a big, 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 big deal because I don't have the money, but what it signifies is they're coming after everybody else. Too. Kind of scary when you think about it. I mean, he's not a criminal. He, he's not a, he's not a, a kill, no, he's not, not a killer. Opinion. You can't do that. And, and yeah. uh, really, um, well, number one, he's not allowed to appeal. I believe I heard that, that at least on the Texas uh, situation. Well, yeah, I think, it's beca- it. I think it's because he, uh, in the Texas situation, I think he did a plea bargain deal and he kind of admitted that he apologized to uh, the Sandy Hook uh, families. But, you know, let's talk about Sandy Hook. You know, I'm not. it's not too far down the road from where I am right now. And, you know, there's a lot of people around here that sit there and say, you know, that school is actually closed. No, I don't know. I, I really didn't follow it. Mm. I remember the news story. But there are a lot of people that say there was something not quite right about what happened there. Well, so uh, I mean, the kids that lost their life. That's here's what, what I've learned. I've learned that you don't have total free speech no. in our country. If you did, you never have court cases like this. When I was when I was a kid, Bill, you had free speech. Yeah. This but is, not now. No. This is gone. And and what's going to happen to the guy? Okay, you know, he got a a billion dollar judgment against him. Mm-hmm. And like he said he doesn't have that kind of money. They are going to take his assets and take everything. And he's still going to owe the rest because theoretically he can't appeal it. So what, How does that work? They'll never see the money. I mean, it's like uh, I'm going to sue you for a trillion dollars. Uh, you know, I'm going to sue you for a hundred trillion dollars. I mean, that's great. It's a figure you'll never see. It's, it's money that'll never materialize because it, there's not even a chance of it uh, ever being reality. You know, it, no. I don't know. Uh, he is uh, he's in a bad situation, and he, what he said is true. He's just the first. Right. He's the first. They're going to go after a lot of people. Look what's happening with Trump. He's been out of office for two years. Trump, it's so obvious that he had nothing to do with January 6th. I mean, he called Nancy Pelosi and he said, I will give you ten to 20,000 National Guard's troops. All you have to do is say yes, because he couldn't just send them by himself. He needed their approval. True, And uh, he also told the mayor, Muriel Bowser of Washington, I'll give you ten to 20,000 troops to protect the city. Both of them said, no, we don't need them. We don't want them. Okay, so he offered to protect the Capitol, and they just summarily dismissed him. Right. Well, you know, she had meetings. She had uh, phone calls beforehand. Uh, I think they saw the uh, January 6th as an opportunity mm-hmm. 
to uh, do exactly what they're doing right now. This was this was a play that they set in for, uh, they set in motion. Yeah, and, and that's all there is to it. And Trump is uh, they've used him as the backdrop, a rally cry to you know muster up their yeah you know their troops. He is he's whenever things look really bad for the Democrats, they'll do their damnedest to make Trump the story which is what happened yesterday. I mean, like I said, the report came out that we're in the worst economic situation since 1982. And when that report comes out, of course, they're talking about Trump and subpoenaing Trump. Do you think that was a coincidence? Somebody said, and it's so true, if Trump was the issue, if Trump was the key to this whole thing, why didn't they subpoena him when the January 6th committee started months ago? Well, that's what I would have done if I, if I would have thought so. I would have yeah. got him right off the bat. The very first thing you would have done is get Trump in there. And then no. after he testifies, everybody else comes in behind well, him. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. Let's say that we flip everything in November. And just because I have a negative thought that, you know, they're yeah. going to try to steal it and maybe will. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that too many eyes are on them that uh, they could cause you know, they want a revolution, they would get it. Yeah. But uh, if we take everything over, yeah. And the January 6th committee now becomes a Republican investigation, are we going to get the same time on network TV? No, no. As a matter of fact, you're going to be criticized for the questions you're asking. You, you know, they're going to they're gonna try to make fun of the questions. They're going to subpoena the. Capitol uh, Police, they're going to ask the policemen why they pulled the barriers down and why they opened the doors. I mean, they'll minimize and criticize the questions that the uh, new committee asks. Well, you know, I I think the the media is, um, they're part of this. Yeah, I agree. And, And that means that they're guilty. So if there have been shenanigans going on, things that are illegal, Mm hmm uh, I think that they are part of this, and they need to be held accountable too. And that means they could be liable. All right, got a question. In my book, got a question. How do you, if you have the power shift in the in the uh, midterms, and all of a sudden things start uh, working in in our favor as far as uh, course corrections, how do you how do you get the media? held accountable how do you get the fbi held accountable how do you get these people i mean is it realistic for us to think that we can do anything substantive substantive i mean look at um how many times have we been disappointed in the past when you expect things to happen and for example mitch mcconnell lets something languish and fade away you know uh mitch mitch the squish as they would say well, it w- was it realistic to believe that everything that's gone on in the past year and the January 6th committee uh, was to happen, but it did. So, yeah, I think it's realistic to believe but, that uh, if we if we turn the tables, that uh, we can help hold them accountable. The, the difference is when they the Democrats had the January 6th committee, they had the full force of the media behind them, and they were enthusiastically getting the word out and making a story out of it. I think the reverse will be when the Republicans have control of the January 6th committee, the media is going to be doing soap operas. They're going to be uh, avoiding the issue, so to speak. 
you're not going to have the same support. I don't know. I, I, I think that the, the media needs to be held accountable. And, I mean, it's not like a radio station where you have a license. You can say, you know what? You really haven't fulfilled the obligation of your license. Mm -hmm. Give it to me. Give it back. Shut down. Right. Um, I think the media should be shut down. Well, I think they're going to, I mean, do I th do I agree with you? I, I think they should be held accountable. Absolutely. I don't think they're going to be. I think they are. That's the problem with our whole system is the media. The power of the media supersedes the power of government. They literally can warp the story. They can take a good person and make them appear bad and a bad person and make them appear good. It's that simple. You know, we talk about TAS, the uh, Soviet agency, yep. media. Well, we've got uh, CBS TAS, NBC TAS, ABC yeah. TAS, MSNBC TAS. Yep. We've got CNN TAS. And then Fox TAS Lite. The, yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, um, speaking of uh, stories, here's a story you won't hear anything about. We talked about that protest, that abortion protest with the... Uh, Guy with eleven kids was arrested oh, yeah. last week. Yeah. Also, a eighty-seven-year-old uh, former German Holocaust survivor. Uh, she was uh, in a concentration camp during World War right. II. Eva Edel was uh, was arrested for being part of that protest. Now she was a uh, staunch pro-life supporter. This is a lady who has tattoos with numbers on her arms. This is a lady who was in in a, a concentration camp when she was 15 years old, and she knows about all the bad things the government can do. So I'm going to play for you a little cut. This is from about right. three years ago. This is when she was talking about, uh, she was inviting people. This is Eva Edel, 87 now. This was when she was about 83 or 84 years old, talking about why She's a, a pro-lifer, and uh, why should like you to support her? But she sounds like everybody's grandmother. Listen. When I was nine years old during World War II, I was shipped in a cattle car to a death camp to be exterminated. I wish that good people would have placed their bodies across those train tracks and pleaded for our lives. Yes, church bells were ringing in nearby towns, but Christians were too afraid to take action. I know if only few had done so, they would have been crushed and demonized. But if thousands had run to the scene, they could have shifted the culture. Abortion clinics are America's death camps. Please go there to pray, to plead for the lives of unborn babies, and to give help to women in need. I believe with God's help, we can still shift our culture to a culture of life again. Please join me for week 40 on November 17. Now, mind you, that was uh, 2018. She was uh, 83 or 84. Now she's 87. And she was doing a peaceful protest and praying in front of an abortion clinic. And the FBI scooped her up. And now she faces a maximum of 11 years in prison, uh, three years of supervised release, and fines of up to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, this is a little eighty-seven-year-old sweetheart of a lady who didn't hurt anybody. I mean, literally, you could have had a big burly 
police officer go over, lift her gently up, and carry her over uh, to a different spot, you know? I right. Mean, and, and that would have been it. But now they want to make an issue of her. Well, I like her thing, you know, that uh, abortion clinics are America's death camps, because they are. I, yeah. I agree with that. She said she and said, for if, her, she said if, pe- if people um, had gone and lay down on the tracks in front of the trains, if only a few of them did it, they would have been in trouble. But if, if many of them had done it, then they could have changed the, the direction of everything. Meaning if, if thousands of people lay on the, the train tracks, they couldn't have killed everybody. They, you know, uh, although it was Hitler. So she prayed, and, and that gets her in trouble. Yes, that's exactly so what So one happened. nation under God yeah. is a bunch of crap. Well, and can you imagine the things that that poor lady saw as a child? I think she oh, said yeah. she was nine years old in a concentration camp. She had to see good people murdered on a daily basis as a child. Sure. So you wonder why she's she's advocating life. It's because she's seen so much death early on. Eva Edel, say a prayer for her because she doesn't deserve to be in anybody's prison at any time. If anything, she deserves a hug from our nation for being the type of citizen that she is. But you know what? That, that is, it's, it's, it's a resounding testament to what we really really are. Well, you know, it gets me, even if you are pro-choice, if you're an advocate of abortion, if you believe in abortion, you hear her talk, this lady talk, you have to understand where she's coming from. You have to give her some credit for her life experience that you have never seen. None of us have ever seen the things that she probably has seen as a concentration camp, a Holocaust survivor. It's you know, sad, uh, and uh, you know it makes me kind of sick. It does, yeah. it does, and you don't need to any be any more sick than you've been for the last three or four days. <laughs> well, no, no, you know, actually, it's, it's just in the throat, and I think somebody mm-hmm. sent along an old recipe where uh, you know, a tablespoon of uh, whiskey and honey and lemon, which I've heard the honey and lemon, but the whiskey sounds good in there too. Zelensky, oh. it's a big leap to go from where we we're talking about the. Uh, little concentration camp survivor, but it's something I want to talk about before we run out of time. Zelensky did a video, and I haven't got the audio for it, but it would have been annoying anyway because he says it in in, uh, Ukrainian and with a poor translation. But he literally gets in this video looking into the camera, and he's telling us, he's not asking us, he's telling us why he needs another $5 billion almost right away. So, like, get on it. And I'm thinking, this guy's got a heck of a nerve. This guy wouldn't, he's already gotten $67 billion, I think, yeah. $67 billion of our money. God knows where it's gone. I, I know he's probably got a, a much nicer bank account now than he had when oh, the war sure started. Does. Yeah. And he's, but he's, now he's talking like he has authority. I need another $5 billion, you know, to to pay down our national debt. That was one of the, the national debt to help us rebuild our infrastructure. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I We're know. We're going to pay down his national debt. Oh, absolutely. Debt. That's exactly what he, one of the reasons why he needs the money. And we've gotten deeper in debt to help him, help him well, out. Well, it's because we're suckers over here. So when we go uh, belly up. Is he going to help us out? Pay Absolutely not. 
Are you kidding me? The arrogance is just mind-boggling. So it's time to put the government tit away and let him go on his own. And this is the guy who said, uh, we never should have done it in the first place. To, no. to, and to have our, our politicians in Washington so unanimously, enthusiastically uh, just uh, follow like sheep and, and approve all of that money while while our country is is shriveling up. I mean, we have our economy, I just told you about the inflation up 8.2%. Double know? that, double that. You, you know, you're absolutely correct. It goes back to what you were saying about the, the way they calculate things nowadays. Yeah, they, they decided because it looked so bad, they would cook the numbers and come up with a uh, new way to calculate it. So if you go by what it was in the 80s, we're at 16%. You know what no one talks about, Bill? We gave the Ukraine so far $67 billion. Right. They, but they don't talk about the $89 billion worth of equipment he just casually Left. abandoned in Afghanistan. Think of the, I mean, the billions of dollars of waste that we have thrown out just in the past two years. Uh, it's mind-boggling. In the meantime, it goes back to what I said yesterday. H how much money was Trump asking for to build the wall? I think it was like $6 billion or something like that. I mean, it was not a lot of money compared to what we've already blown. And the Democrats wouldn't give it to him. He had to rob Peter to pay Paul to get the money to put the wall up. But, you know, I think, we, you know, going back to the uh, AOC thing and the lady protesting. Yeah. And the lady was very adamant that, uh, you know, we voted for you for certain reasons and what you said. And you lied to us. Mm. And I think people are starting to catch on. Well, I but, should I should point out, uh, I should, uh, as a side note, it was two guys it, with high voices. <laughs> well, two guys, I don't care who it was. Yes, I just want to tell you to show that. Uh, you I don't care. You know, I, I don't know. You know, the point is. Could be two two ladies, could be two guys, but they're getting mad and frustrated. What's interesting were they weren't the only two people in the audience, and they were getting applause for what they were saying. They they were not alone. They were not alone. They were vocal. They were standing up and getting their voices heard. But there were other people who weren't talking who were like apl applauding and saying yeah and right on. And uh, well, let me ask you a question. I've noticed in the past two months, everywhere I go, people are fed up with Biden, the January 6th committee, uh, uh, the Democratic regime. Yeah. They think it's all crap. And that's everywhere. In Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Massachusetts, everybody is fed up. What's amazing is you're in Massachusetts, and when you say Massachusetts, I always, that's astonishing. They are... Uh, they're historically democratic, uh, unreasonably democratic. When everybody else is voting Republican, they will normally still vote Democratic. Look at the elections going on here right now. Yeah. How it's changing. Well, and you talk to people on the street. I mean, you probably were in stores and talked to people, and I know you're not a quiet guy. You're not a shy guy. You probably talk to anybody. And uh, Well, I do. I'm a friendly guy, and I talk to people, and... Somehow it always comes up, yeah. And uh, you know, everybody's lamenting. Uh, you know, you can't help but lament that uh, 
the economy sucks. And we're worried about her. We're worried if there's going to be a tomorrow. Yeah. You know, you have to wonder how somebody like Liz Cheney can act like she she's acting. She is literally, she had a, a really decent uh, future in the Republican Party if she had just been intelligent about where she went with her with her career, but she didn't. She thought she was bigger than Trump. She thought that her dad was bigger than Trump. And she found out the hard way that uh, that wasn't the case. And I don't think she has any career now. I, no, I, I, don't, I think she's I think done. She, she, Daddy was a crook and so, so is she. By the way, getting back to Zelensky for a second, he said Putin wouldn't survive a nuclear attack. He's trying to suggest, by the way, still that we have a, a nuclear response to uh, to the Russians. He can't do it. Although, did you know that at one time the Ukrainians had a arsenal of Russian nuclear weapons on their soil and they had control of it? So what happened to it? This is years ago when they broke away from the Soviet Union. They came to an agreement that if you leave us alone, we'll give you your nukes back. So you didn't know that, all... did you, huh? Well, see, I thought there were some that uh, were unaccounted for. Well, that's true, too. That's true. There's a wild card out there that the Russians, I don't think they really know what has happened to uh, all of their nukes. So, <laughs> yeah, see, you know, there, there's a lot of things out there that are in play that aren't accounted for. I think what they're probably thinking is, wait a second, we're talking about using a, a limited yield nuke uh, in the Ukraine, but do the Ukrainians still have our old non-limited yield nukes and would they use them on us they've got to have that in the back of their mind other things i want another one more story before we uh, we bail today all right the uh, tampa bay buccaneers will be playing the pittsburgh steelers on sunday at uh, what used to be called heinz field now it's acrisure field but they'll be playing there with the buccaneers the steelers and the buccaneers on sunday and they had an interview with uh the sports reporters. Now, there was a time when sports reporters were interested in uh, things like, uh, well, how do how does player so and so? How's he doing from his knee sprain, or uh, how how is his uh, head concussion, or whatever? You know, they talked about things that related to the game. But nowadays, not anymore. They're more woke now. They're more into the social things that are going on. All right. So Todd Bowles is the head coach of the Buccaneers, and he's a black guy. He's a good athlete. He played in the, uh, uh, I guess it was Super Bowl twenty two in 1986 with the uh, Washington Redskins, who are now, I guess, the Washington uh, Commanders. They changed their name. They dropped the Redskins because they wanted to be politically correct. And one of the reporters asked him a question about uh, – what it was like playing another black coach like uh, Mike Tomlin from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think his response, well, his response was terrific. Listen. You you and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that fold. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well and I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other I think it's normal Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job hopefully he does it and we coach ball we don't look at color but you also understand that representation matters 
too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. I think the minute that you guys stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what does color have to do with it? Nothing. And I think when you're a coach of an NFL team, if you really are into your players, you don't see their colors. You see their talents. The, you see their personalities. You see their abilities. You don't see their color. That's the last thing you look at. If, if you ever look at that, what he was saying was, if you guys were to stop talking about it, it might go away. Well, yeah, because you know what? It did go away, but the woke left has made a big deal about it, and now they're showing their true colors, mm-hmm. and that's not even the way that I'd like to say it, but they are. I know. They're racist. So anyway, when you see uh, when you see the Buccaneers and the Steelers play on Sunday, uh, even though I'm a Steeler fan, I'll if the, they lose to the Buccaneers, I'll uh, give a little cheer to Todd Bowles. And it's just a game, folks. It's just a game. Well, that's all it is. Hey, pal, we've done it again. Another show in the can, but uh, we're going to do it again tomorrow because we're going to keep doing it until we get it right. Okay. We well, keep maybe. Practicing. Uh, what, what day is today? All right. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. This was the weekend show, and, and I had another minor glitch. Okay, it's not a big deal. This is the weekend show, so we have some time off. But we'll be back on Monday to do it again, because we have to do it until we get it right. Is that better? Yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me. And by then, mm-hmm. uh, the whiskey will have kicked in with the honey and the lemon. Yes. and uh, That was yeah, a, a, reci- a recipe from one of our listeners, Denise. Yeah. In, in Connecticut, she gave a recipe to you and said, uh, tell Bill it's uh, whiskey. I think she said a teaspoon of whiskey, a teaspoon of uh, lemon, and a tablespoon of honey. Not yeah. bad. And no, it sounds good to me. You know, now, I know, guys, the, uh, I know guys who would have a little bit more than a teaspoon of whiskey. I'm just saying. No. Yeah, well, maybe a teaspoon of lemon, a teaspoon of honey, and a... You know, fifth, a fifth, fifth of, uh, yeah, whiskey. Yeah. Yes, because and, you know somebody told me to gargle with cologne, and I was going, nah, no, no. It would also uh, make it would make your breath really, you know, weird. Whew, man, uh, it, you know, someone would kiss you and say, "Oh my God, is that like English leather?" Uh, <laughs> well, it's Old Spice. <laughs> oh my God, uh, it was spice, but I'm the old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, have a great day. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you on Monday, pal. Yeah, I'm going to shut up for the weekend and uh, mend the voice. I don't believe that. You're you're a hard man to silence no matter what. (laughs) I don't know about that. I mean, you know, the past couple of days with this cold, yes. Well, enjoy yourself and come back stronger and more vocal. I think I can do that. We're out of here.